say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from Roan County, Tennessee. Very historic, very beautiful most times of the year. All right, glad to be with you again, uh, having to do the pre-record thing just because, again, inconsistency with uh, my service providers, and I use that term very loosely. Anyway, going to jump right in. We're going to do this thing, and uh, we are going to... Uh, because it's going to cover some topics today. Yeah, it sounds like the usual, right? All right, let's jump right in. I uh, want to hit a few light things first, and then we've got some pretty serious things to get to. Uh, so uh, let's start out with the fact that uh, Aunt Jemima is back, uh, except it's not Aunt Jemima anymore. Uh, we knew uh, a little while back that uh, Aunt Jemima, pancakes, uh syrup and batter we knew that uncle ben's rice we knew a lot of these troublesome uh problematic branding issues were going to have to be dealt with and uh it took a little while but uh, quaker oats has <clears throat> excuse me quaker oats has officially announced the new name on which they're going to sell their brand of breakfast goods uh 
So, in case you hadn't heard yet, if you were a fan of the Aunt Jemima products before, uh, because of the quality, uh, not because you were racist, uh, you will now be looking for the brand named Pearl Milling Company. Now, uh, according to a report from ABC News, for what that's worth, Quicker Oats has said that uh, its Anjumama brand patent cake mix and syrup will be renamed Pearl Milling Company. Uh, Anjumama products will continue to be sold until June, when the packaging will officially change over. So, again, it's just a rebrand. And more to the point, it's a rebrand where... In the case of Quaker Oats, they didn't stop the previous brand. <laughs> so Quaker said that Pearl Milling Company was founded way back in 1888 in St. Joseph, Missouri. And it was the originator of self-rising pancake mix. So while the brand will be new to store shelves, the boxes and bottles of syrup will still have the familiar red packaging of the previous brand. Uh, Quaker said that uh, it sought input from customers, employees, and external cultural experts uh, as it developed the new brand name. Uh, Quaker announced uh, back in June of last year that it would be retiring the famous brand following the BLM protest that spread across the nation following the death of St. George, uh, better known as George Floyd, uh, the man who now is individually responsible for riots across America uh, simply for having done the amazing feat of dying. Okay, do I sound a little insensitive at the moment? I am. And the reason I'm a little insensitive is because, again, should he have died? No, he shouldn't. But what killed him? Well, I know right now, once again, the woke crowd's coming after Tucker Carlson because he had the unmitigated gall to report on the autopsy report uh, that we've talked about here before. The autopsy report that says that Mr. George Floyd had an inordinate, inhuman, uh, unexpected-to-be-survivable amount of fentanyl in his system at the time of his death, along with the fact that there's no physical evidence that suggests that damage was done to his trachea or even to the back of his neck. Now, is it a good look for a police officer to be holding any, any suspect that you are waiting for backup in order to take into custody or that you're making any effort to take into custody in a position where it looks like your knee is on their neck or their throat, which in this case, just the back of the neck. An approved tactic at the time, not only in the location in which this event occurred, but in multiple locations across the country because it's generally deemed, when done properly, to be safe. But it is a good look. No. And unfortunately, we live at a time in America where perception is far more important than facts. Perception is the reality. Uh, but is it, though? Oh, well, it is now, because now nobody really cares if we do enough to make sure we're avoiding the 
knee-jerk reaction and getting to the facts. The rush to judgment is all that's permitted now because a certain group of uh, intellectual elites, academia elites, and, uh, of course, elected office officials, because they're not leaders, officials uh, primarily with extremely left-leaning agendas, they want to control the narrative, they want to control the language, and in the process of doing that, it's okay to rush to a judgment as long as you're following their narratives. The most likely occurrence here is that George Floyd was going to die that day regardless of what happened. If he had not done a single thing where he attempted to, to pass the fraudulent $20 bill and had the cops called on him initially. Had he not gotten approached by the police officers as he sat in his car, unable to go anywhere because he was already slipping into a state that made it difficult for him to do much of anything in a coherent fashion. Now, see, now I'm flirting with the possibility, the probability of being completely canceled right now just for once again asserting the fact that it does not appear that George Floyd died as a result of what happened to him. It appears that he died as a result of a choice he made and something he did to himself. He took some illicit drug, a dangerous one at that, and he took a level that made it unlikely to be survivable. But, uh, you know, that's completely irrelevant. We've got corporate America losing their minds in an effort to say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, or yes, undetermined gender, non-specific, non-conforming entity... So that they don't look like the bad guys. They're afraid of the backlash. When they need to be stepping up and taking a simple stand and say, we don't do our business based on what the mob says. You want to be a controlling, baying, howling at the moon Twitter mob? Then go on Twitter and do it. Too many. Way too many of these companies have made their social media presence too important to their entire business model, so they can't risk it. (coughs) Or they're simply not willing to. Too many of these companies now are literally headed up by indoctrinated woke numbskulls who, uh, I understand how to do business, but I don't understand how bending the knee to the social media mob might potentially hurt our business, uh, regardless of what side we take now. Got a good example of that going on in Disney, and we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, you know, forgive me for sliding too far down that rabbit hole. This kind of sets me off when I read the following quote. As we work to make progress towards racial equality through several initiatives, we also must take a hard look at our portfolio of brands and ensure they reflect our values and meet 
our customers' expectations. We recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype. While work has been done over the years to update the brand in a manner intended to be appropriate and respectful, we realize those changes are not enough. So, so what do you define? What is enough, Quaker Oats? I mean, I, you, you own the portfolio. You can do whatever you want to with it. I, I don't begrudge you the determination that it's time to rebrand. It's It happens. Even the folks that don't rebrand totally with name or uh, complete full-on marketing campaigns often do freshen up their logos. They often make various tweaks here and there in order to stay modern, to have a more pleasing aesthetic. It's part of the marketing plan. I get it, and it's okay to do. And if you feel the need to virtue signal the whole time you do it, then you go right ahead. But what you're doing says a lot more about the weakness of your own mental status than it does about your customers or than it does about your product. You made the point. You made the point of keeping the packaging color scheme identical in the hopes that people will still recognize that that's who you are because when it comes to aunt jemima's products you got a top selling product literally the cornerstone of your portfolio you don't want to lose so you want people to recognize it but you don't want people to call you a bad name. You don't want people to go on the internet like what's been happening recently with Cracker Barrel. Oh no, look at the Cracker Barrel logo. I never noticed the whip there before. That's because it's not a whip. It's just a freaking swirl. What is wrong with you people? You're getting a good example, a really good example of what happens when you don't teach history. You literally have some internet moron who takes a look at it and says, well, uh, black folks used to call white folks cracker. Are they trying to be racist? Are they embracing the fact that they're a cracker? With no idea that, oh, by the way, the old country stores used to receive their literal crackers, you know, the baked Good, the cracker. They used to get them in barrels. And what did a lot of these old stores do with those barrels once they were emptied? Well, they would use them for storage, or they would use them in some cases to let the old-timers set out front and play checkers on. Which, by the way, was part of the imagery and the nostalgia that the Cracker Barrel Company was attempting to recapture as part of their branding. It's like, yes, we're a restaurant, and yes, we're a store, but we want you to think of us more of this old, down-home, friendly place where you could just go and hang out and socialize out front sometimes, and you didn't have to worry about uh, being charged with loitering. Now, I get it. If you're from a big city somewhere and you've never set foot into the country, maybe you don't even realize that such a place like that might exist. 
if you've only been alive for the last 20 years, you probably have no concept of the idea that once upon a time, neighborhoods actually had a certain level of unity, where you knew more than just yourself and maybe one or two of your neighbors. Now, trust me, that's not a good thing that you don't know that. It's part of the problem we're facing today as a society. The fact that we don't get to know enough people on a personal level, we would much rather just burn them down from the internet. We'd much rather just take the cancel culture and attack, attack, attack. When they say one thing that I decided they that I didn't like, ooh, you said something uh, in 19... 19- 1982, and the speech was recorded, and then somebody uploaded a a snippet of it to the internet, and I came across it uh, back in uh, 2009, and you said one thing out of the millions and millions of things you've said that I decided I didn't like, and that it's problematic, even though there was nothing truly problematic about it. There is... Uh, Literally, an ongoing effort right now to cancel people for pointing out the fact that equality and equity are not the same thing. Why? Again, they don't want you to stop and think about it. Why the sudden change in the language? Why the sudden change in uh, making the description? What is the point here? They don't want you to stop and think of it. They want you to just accept it as being the same. But here's the problem. Equality is a worthwhile goal. Equality is something we all should be working for. Equality used to be the struggle. You know, you got to be down with the struggle. You remember that term? If you've been around since the 70s, you've heard it. Came popular in the late 70s and all throughout the 80s. When people used to talk about the struggle here in the United States when talking about civil rights, that's what they were talking about, equality. The right to actually go to Yale or Harvard and walk across that graduation stage with everybody else regardless of what color you were. Integration, not self-segregation. The fight was against segregation. Oh, that's not where we're at today, though, is it? We don't want equality. We don't want same and equal treatment. We want equity. We want to be stakeholders, whether we have any stake in that or not. Let me explain something to you about equity. Equity only has value because you build it up. You must invest to acquire equity. Whether you're investing your time, your energy, your efforts at improving your education, or just flat out your money. There's a reason why stocks in the stock market are referred to as equity. You're buying a piece of it. You own something. You have invested in their efforts. Again, utilizing your cash to do so which presumably you acquired through your time and your energy. That's equity. So now all of a sudden we're expected to just hand over equity? Because that's, that's what they're saying now. They're trying to define uh, equity. We're trying to create stakeholders, not shareholders, but stakeholders. The language is all over the place, and it's a big part of the, the Great Reset. 
And if you haven't done your homework on that yet, you best get started because you're running out of time. It is full steam ahead right now. The globalist leftist elitist pushing super hard because they know their window is closing. They know most Americans are finally starting to wake up because they're seeing things for what they are. People who have blindly been watching, keeping up with the Kardashians instead of keeping up with the Obamas to know what's really going on, who have accepted that Hillary Clinton was a great choice to be president because she was a woman, and that's really the only qualification. These people are starting to realize that, you know what, sending people that aren't really qualified to do this job or who maybe have an agenda other than what they're telling us, maybe we should stop making excuses for that and start paying attention. Maybe if I'm a member of a union somewhere, I shouldn't vote for Joe Biden just because the union says we should vote for Joe Biden. Because what did the union just find out right after Joe Biden starts signing off on executive order after executive order? He doesn't give a rat's backside about you. You as the individual or you as a member of the union. The union means nothing. You're just another tool to these people. Oh, but rest assured, everything's fine, right? Whenever you artificially interfere with equity, whenever you artificially, from an outside source, adjust the equity, then the only thing that's truly accomplished is you devalue everything that you're trying to gain equity in, and you devalue everyone that you're offering that equity to. And if it's devalued to a certain point, you don't really need equity in it anymore because it doesn't mean anything anymore. How hard is that to understand? How hard is it to get the message across to young people that if somebody says, well, we're going to do this for you because, well, we just know you can't do it. How long before you get mad at that person? How long before you realize that telling you that you can't do it should be a challenge for you to prove otherwise, not a consolidatory tone? It's an insult. I'm sorry there, little boy. You can never do this because you have a certain skin tone. Really? That's the the circumstance? That's That's what I'm supposed to believe? That's what I'm supposed to buy into? Oh, but you know what? Because you started off with you're going to give me something, I'll just let you say whatever you want. Just keep giving me stuff. But how much is that stuff worth? Is it really worth losing your soul? Is it worth having your spirit crushed and destroyed? Is it worth seeing your fellow neighbor have the same thing happen to them? Is it worth having it if it can't be obtained? In this life, if you get past the teenage years and you have not yet discovered that the things that are of most value are more often than not the things you have to work the hardest for, then you are missing the point and you haven't been living a life that's worth living. And that, oh, by the way, does not give you the green light or make it okay for you to try to go mess up somebody else's.
people must be prepared to take responsibility for themselves. And if they're not, then nothing good can be expected. Because if you don't take some responsibility for yourself, if you don't put in some effort, if you don't earn something, then you're never going to feel good about yourself. Everybody talks about self-esteem, self-esteem. We forgot to build self-esteem. Uh, the problem with the current uh, crop of folks we got running around this country is that they've got a bunch of unfounded, undeserved, and unmerited self-esteem. A little too much of it. That esteem should be based, should be built upon a foundation of you having achieved and accomplished something. Every time you intentionally lower the bar to make an accommodation, you are belittling both what that accomplishment is and the people that you claim you have to make that accommodation for. That's the insult. That's the the racism of soft expectations. That's the most insidious and destructive aspect of our society today. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a guy talking about... I started talking about a pancake batter and pancake syrup. But this is where that leads to. I mean, that's the reason why, right after Quaker announced that they'd be changing the name of Anchimama, that the company Dryers said that it would be renaming its famous Eskimo pie to something less derogatory. Back in October of last year, in case you don't remember, the company revealed the the brand new name uh, to Edie's Pie. Dryers, of course, denounced the Eskimo Pie name as derogatory while vowing to change it in the name of racial equality. At least these folks then were still using the equality language. But who is uh, who is it derogatory towards? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the Inuits, does it really bother the Inuits that uh, a lot of people still refer to them as Eskimo? If so, then all right, fine, fair enough. But as a member of the Inuit tribe, if you constantly say that you're not an Eskimo and then somebody sees something called an Eskimo pie, if you truly believe that's not you, then how does it bother you? Because again, all this stuff, all of this stuff, You have to let it in. I can call you every name in the book, and it should not bother you in the least if, A, you don't value my opinion, or even if you do value my opinion, B, if you just simply decide that I'm just talking stupid all of a sudden, which, like it or not, almost all of us do on some occasion, We say things, sometimes we're not serious, sometimes we're just on a rant, sometimes you catch us on a bad day, we get a little carried away and say things we clearly don't mean, doesn't make it okay. But you know the difference, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Oh, somebody was really angry, so they showed us their true face. Did they? Did they really show you their true selves, or did they show you uh, an angry, aggravated, not rationally thinking individual who was just lashing out and looking for some way to try to hurt you? I think that might bother them, so I'm going to do that. 
That's not their true face. It's a normal human reaction. And while it's not appropriate, and while you can make every argument you want to that it shouldn't be normal, and I might even agree with you, it doesn't make it what you want it to be. I can only say something that bothers you. You can only say something that bothers me if I let it. If I'm saying it about you, it can only bother you if you let it. Which is why the freedom of speech in this nation must be protected ahead of the soft, squishy, easily meltable snowflake feelings of people. Because if you can't handle a little constructive criticism, you're never going to be able to handle the attempts at destructive criticism. And if you can't handle a little criticism in your life, there's no point in attempting anything because sooner or later you're going to find something you're not going to be successful at. Oh, why is this an important life lesson? Why am I trying to tell this to people who might need to hear it? Because at some point, we're all going to have to join together and push back against the cancel culture. Because if we don't, it's going to come get us all. Not just me, who is a clear target now, because I dare to occasionally express a conservative viewpoint. Because I dare to occasionally take up for the Christian belief system. Oh, because I occasionally dare to tell some uncomfortable truths about some people in power. That makes me a threat. That makes me guilty of sedition, guilty of treason in the minds of certain leftists. Say what you will. Say what you want. It doesn't change the fact that I can't hurt you if you don't let me. Because I'm not going to come physically attack you. And if I say something that to you feels like an attack, then you need to be the one who's questioning why that feels like an attack to you. Period. Should we have had to change the name of Aunt Jemima or Eskimo Pie or Uncle Ben? Should we have had to? No. Now, should we care if a company decides they want to for whatever reason? Probably not. You can make your decision. Does that really bother you? I mean, I don't care what they call it. It's, as long as the quality is not changing, it's a heck of a good product, and I'm probably going to continue to buy it. But if it bothers you so much, then stop spending your money with them. It concerns me why they felt the need. Why do you feel the need now, in that moment? If you've recognized for some time that you were moving to a more equality-minded mindset, then why hadn't you changed it already? Don't wait until the latest outrage event occurs and the social media mobs coming for you. Oh, we, we didn't wait for that. We we were proactive. We saw it. We recognized it. We made that's spin, and you know it. The truth of the matter is, you acted out of fear and cowardice. Because if you were acting out of genuine conscience of concern about the imagery that was involved or the name of the brand, you would have made those moves a lot sooner. And if you had done that, I would respect it a lot more. But at the end of the day, what I say about it doesn't really matter. 
What matters is how you, dear listener, are going to decide to spend your money. And if you're going to continue to buy this brand of pancakes, if you're going to continue to buy this kind of brand of pancake uh, syrup, the whole – I mean, Angemama covers a lot of things. And now the Pearl Milling Company is going to cover those same things. And presumably the only thing that's really changing is the name and uh, some of the imagery on the boxes. But the color scheme is staying the same. They're going to use the same fonting. They're really going to hope that you still know that that's the same good stuff inside. See, it's up to you. Make your decision. Make your choice. How do you feel about it? Does it matter to you? Do you care? Because if you don't care, fine. <laughs> Nobody says you have to. In fact, I, I really, really didn't plan on spending so much time on this particular topic. I was going to say, hey, here's it. Here's the new deal. But uh, I've really gotten worked up. And we are past the halfway point of this hour. So what do you say I go ahead and do that little thing that I'm supposed to right about now? And uh, we take the mid-hour break. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. Both Democrats and Wimpus Americanus Apologeticus Republicans have tried in vain to find numerous ways to blame President Trump for the orchestrated melee that occurred January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Anyone who checks for the truth knows that is not true at all. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, false media narratives and the vengeful leftists in government do not seek to impeach President Trump because he actually did anything illegal or encouraged others to conduct violent acts or invade the Capitol building. In my opinion, the reason for the second impeachment effort was to try and prevent President Trump from ever running for office again because he dared to carry out his campaign promises to govern on behalf of we the people and place U.S. interests above those of other nations, especially those that have embarked upon a mission to undermine our republic. President Trump infuriated those who, along with the United Nations, that have been trying to fundamentally transform the United States into a socialist-oriented lackey of the United Nations, China, and the Crescent Ones. Blowing away the myths and revealing the truth. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Did you know that the unemployment rate for homeless veterans was twice the national average? And without proper shoes, it's hard to get a job? Here's your veterans tip of the day. People from all over the country helped us with our annual Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Shoes and Socks for Homeless Veterans. There was a time this summer where we believed that probably it wouldn't be successful because of the pandemic, but decided to go ahead and do it anyway. We reached out in the local community and on the various radio shows that I'm on, asked for their support. In a little over three weeks, we received 400 pairs of shoes and over a thousand pairs of socks for homeless veterans so they can go out and look for a job and have a decent pair of shoes to wear. We at Songs and Stories for Soldiers and all the 400 plus soldiers who will receive these shoes and socks say thank you for your generosity. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. It's not so unbelievable that governments would want to disarm their citizens, 
but that citizens would beg to be disarmed by their government is a much scarier thought. We've seen government control most recently in Venezuela where citizens are left to defend themselves against a violent government by throwing rocks because not too long ago they were disarmed by that very government under the guise of gun safety. Gun control laws like the ones in Venezuela are exactly what our political left in America would like to see here. As a mother, I am terrified. I have four children in our public school system, and if they knew that their teachers were potentially carrying a gun... They want to be disarmed by our government so badly that they protest in the streets, demanding that government take away their rights. All for that assault weapons ban, to keep these weapons of war out of the hands of civilians who do not need them. All for the prohibition of high-capacity magazines, because no hunter will ever need access to a magazine that can kill 17 in mere minutes. How does this happen? Well, it's complicated, but it starts with very powerful propaganda targeted at people who can't think. People who have been taught to believe that freedom is dangerous. People who can't think for themselves are targeted from many directions. Schools, movies, news sources, and even their own friends and family. And once they're on board with the anti-gun fear campaign, they continue to perpetuate the irrational gun fear. Well, they have to justify their position, right? Also, yeah. don't need home protection. Um, oh. You don't. You don't need guns for home protection. You don't want to bring more guns into a situation. The answer to solving violence is not more violence. Gun fear is cultivated purely for the purpose of gun control support. But the people who spread it don't always know that they've been misled. They think they're doing a good thing. These same people are taught to hate gun owners. They're taught that gun owners are recklessly and intentionally putting everyone in danger. They're taught that gun owners are the enemy, and more government control will protect them from the enemy. Why does anybody need an assault rifle if they're not going to war? I don't think there's any reason to have 33 bullets in a killing machine that you can take into a place like a school. Watch these anti-gun activist groups in action, and you can't help but ask yourself if they have any clue what the real results would be if they were successful. So what's the real problem here? Is it really guns, or is this about something else? I mean, do guns cause violence? How do we let the gun grabbers hijack the conversation and direct the focus to firearms when we all know we really should be talking about what causes human violence? You see, if we were to look at what causes human violence in this country, we'd be forced to look at gang violence, open borders, sanctuary cities, rampant pharmaceutical drug use, and gun-free zones all things that the anti-gun political left supports. So to the anti-gunners, why in the world would you want your government to take away your rights? The Second Amendment is not a privilege. It's your right. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. We are, of course, uh, 
doing what we always do here. Uh, that's uh, me doing a little bit of talking and then going on a little bit of a rant and then going on a longer rant than I had intended. And it just never stops. <laughs> All right. Uh, ordinarily, I like to try to save the bigger, more hard-hitting uh, stuff for later in the broadcast but sometimes i feel the need to just kind of jump in uh and this is one of those cases because this is something that is absolutely asinine that it suddenly pops up on the radar right uh why is this suddenly here when i knew full well that this was happening why is it okay to report on it now well what am i even talking about I'm talking about Governor Andrew Cuomo in the latest bombshell happenings uh, where it appears that even some of the Democrats in the great state of New York have had enough, and they want action. They want something done. They're angry. What? Why? What has happened? Well, you know that little thing where I and several other conservative media outlets since May of last year have been telling you about how Governor Cuomo's office has been intentionally undercounting the number of nursing home deaths due to COVID. Uh, you remember that little story? You remember hearing folks telling you about it? But do you also remember how in the mainstream legacy media you weren't hearing about that? Well, they finally decided that it's a story worth reporting. And now there seems to be a little more to it because there's been new admissions. So let's jump right in. So right now what we have is an aide to the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, admitting that they hid nursing home data on the coronavirus infections after, because they've got to have somebody to blame, after former President Donald John Trump you know, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. After he began pressuring them on Twitter. Uh, I guess another reason why Twitter had to permanently ban uh, the Donald. Yeah, okay. So, Melissa DeRosa, secretary to the governor, apologized to state Democratic leaders about the cover-up in a video conference call, uh, this according to a two-hour recording that was reviewed by the New York Post. DeRosa also appeared to pass the blame onto Trump by claiming that they were scared by his tweets. Oh, the orange man is so scary, especially Twitter. Like, I think they're going to come and get us. We were scared by his tweets. Quoting here, right about the same time, Donald Trump turns this into a giant political football. Really? How how do you think that is? Uh, wasn't every Democrat in the country that held office at the time making coronavirus a giant political football? Wasn't Donald Trump simply trying to intercept your passes and uh, score two? I mean, it, it shouldn't have been that. It never should be. Don't get me wrong when I say this. Uh, but if you're going to use the sports analogy, let's use it more correctly. 
because the analogy here is you guys had turned it into a political football, and he was just trying to beat you at your game. And how was he trying to beat you at your game, by the way? Oh, yeah. Could it be because he was trying to get people to understand what was actually happening? I'll circle back around to that. Isn't that phrase so cool? I'm so glad we have a press secretary who's reintroduced it to the vernacular. I'll circle back around to that. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm sorry. So DeRosa continued in this call by saying, quote, he starts tweeting that we killed everyone in nursing homes. Ooh, a little hyperbole, but protected speech, by the way. He starts going after New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Starts going after California Governor Gavin Newsom. Starts going after Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, Gee, wonder why those people might have been prominently named in coronavirus lockdown discussion tweets. Hmm. Could it be because those governors in those states had already turned coronavirus death rates into a political football? I'm just asking for a friend. She says at that point that, quote, and basically we froze. That's leadership. I mean, I, I, I get it. If you're staring down the barrel of a loaded gun and you blink. Human nature sometimes can't be avoided, especially if you've never been in that situation before. But I'm sorry. I had it on super cool, mega awesome authority. Uh, Again, the legacy mainstream media that Governor Andrew Cuomo was the greatest governor of all time expressly because of how well he handled the coronavirus. I mean, he got to write a book about what a good job he did. He got a freaking... What was it, an Emmy? Uh, Here's an Emmy. I don't know why we're giving you an Emmy for for your handling of the coronavirus, but here you go. We we can't give you anything else. We're we're the Academy that hands out Emmy Awards. We'd give you a bigger award if we could, but it's all we got. Once again, by the way, uh, what I said earlier about artificially interfering with equity... They just devalued every Emmy that has ever been given out before. Some of them actually very deserving. Some folks, you know, you go out and you do a great performance and you deserve the accolades and the recognition of your peers. And and to win that award was an honor and a big deal. Well, it's not anymore, is it? Just like the Nobel Peace Prize, just like all these other things, they've interfered with the equity involved in obtaining such an award and they've devalued it to the point of it becoming essentially worthless just wanted to point out how that whole false equity argument plays out in real life not just in case you were wondering we basically froze how could you freeze if you were the greatest leader ever i mean that's that's the point of leadership right i mean take a second catch your breath pause it okay here's what we're going to do but you don't freeze because donald trump tweets something at you You don't deserve to be in charge of anything if a Donald Trump tweet bothers you in the least. And I'm counting every last one of you lazy so-called blue checkmark journalists out there that literally made a career out of trying to be uh, outraged by Donald Trump tweets. 
And by the way, how are those careers continuing now that he's been banned from Twitter and barely reacting to anything going on? I am just just curious. How many of you people whose names I did not know before are known by even fewer people now because you don't have your outrage reactions to keep elevating you? DeRosa said that Trump directing the Department of Justice to look into the matter forced them to hide numbers. Now, I want that to sink in for a second. Trump saying that the Department of Justice looking into how we handled this made us say, oops, we better not let them have the truth. What were you hiding? I mean, we we know what you were hiding. You, you made a bad policy. You were killed. You were even sending people that were not residents of long-term health care facilities, aka the nursing homes, to go be in a nursing home because you didn't want corona patients in the hospitals. You literally ignored the Javits Center uh, field hospital set up with the help of the federal government. You literally ignored the naval ship sent there to help you. You didn't send anybody there saying you didn't need them. You had a stockpile, a stockpile of ventilators, and then claimed, oh no, we need we need ventilators. We don't have enough ventilators. We don't have enough. You'd never brought them out of mothballs till somebody said, oh, well, what about all these you got over here? And then you never used all of those. Still haven't despite your ridiculously large debt totals. So all of those equal one thing. It's not ineptness. You knew you had it. You knew you were capable. You knew that those resources were made available to you. Did you honestly really just want to kill people? I hope not. That's not the assertion I'm willing to make here either. But it does seem pretty clear-cut to me, based on those pieces of circumstantial evidence, little pieces that kind of fit together in this one big puzzle of a picture that you were so unwilling to let Donald John Trump be of assistance to show that they had a response that was effective and helpful to the hardest-to-hit parts of the country, that he was willing to ignore the fact that your blue state, blue numbskull, nitwitted leftist ideas who refused to do it. He wasn't willing to let any of that stop him from helping the American people in need. You weren't willing to let that be a narrative anywhere. And you were, sir, willing to let people die to make that happen. You weren't trying to kill them, but you didn't care if they lived either, did you? It was just more important for the orange man to be bad. It was more important for you to sit there and enjoy the acolytes and and all the praise heaped upon you by the legacy media. You hid numbers because you were afraid of a federal investigation I'm sorry, boys and girls, that's textbook definition of obstruction of justice. That's criminal. I mean, you can make the legitimate argument that the policy decision to put these folks back into the long care health facilities, some of which were not places they had been before, some of these people not even 
senior citizens, I take you back to the case of the young man that beat the old guy to death. Uh, He was there because he was a corona patient. He didn't like how the old guy was uh, making noises, so he beat him to death. You guys remember that story? Why was that young guy there in the long-term health? Because he had COVID. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that that was a reason to send you to a place you had not been before. This chick who had intimate knowledge of everything going on with these numbers admitted not just that they were hiding the real numbers, not just that they were intentionally undercounting and announcing that to the public and to the state legislature, but now she admits the reason they did it is because they were afraid of a DOJ investigation. If you were this great leader, if you were doing everything perfect, like we were told for months and months and months and months, if you deserved that Emmy, if you deserved to be called the greatest governor in the nation, then you wouldn't have had to hide those numbers. You wouldn't have had to play political games. You wouldn't have had to use COVID as a political football. And you wouldn't have had to worry about whether or not making nice-nice with the orange man who's bad might hurt your political standing. Because your job is to do that bare minimum of what a government ought to do for your constituents. By definition, sir, you were supposed to care more about the people you serve than you do about how it might look if you said a nice thing about Donald Trump. And trust me, you guys have mastered spin. You could have just said, well, we're grateful for the federal resources uh, that have been allocated. Uh, The federal government can and has been on uh, uh, multiple occasions through history under multiple administrations a great uh, aid in helping the state perform its tasks and duties. Hey, guess what? Just said the same thing without having to say, thank you, Donald Trump. You could have just done your job right. And you would have never had to play the political game of, oh, what am I going to do if I have to say Donald Trump did something good? Ah, how about you let Donald Trump do something good, and then you just play your political game of finding a way of not saying his name and accepting the help? How about that? Because we've seen other governors do that. Would that have been so hard? No, it's a little off-brand, isn't it? Governor Cuomo. Hmm. She continued by saying, because then we were in a position where we weren't sure if what we were going to give to the Department of Justice or what we were going to give to you guys, still talking about the state Democrats, what we started saying was going to be used against us while we weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation. An investigation shouldn't matter. If you were doing your job right, you don't worry about it. And if you weren't doing it right, then the investigation be damned. Fix what you were doing wrong. Learn from your mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And I'm sorry, in politics, one mistake can end your career. And in some cases, probably should. But 
as a human being, you learn from your mistakes, you grow from your mistakes, you become a better person, you do better next time, and you'll get a second chance at a lot of different things. Should Andrew Cuomo get a second chance at being governor of the state of New York? Should Andrew Cuomo get an opportunity to become president of the United States? As of this moment in time, he should be getting sized up for a nice orange jumpsuit because he and everyone in that room that willingly knowingly decided to lie to the New York State legislator, primarily Democratic, decided to lie to the legacy media who knew it was a lie but wanted to propagate it because they had the same political agenda, must stop Orange Man. Everyone who knowingly engaged in falsification of data to avoid a Department of Justice investigation, or at least to have numbers that looked like that investigation uh, had no basis to bring charges, you engage in a criminal conspiracy. The second you acknowledge that you were afraid of a federal Department of Justice investigation. You acknowledge that you were afraid of criminality. And even if you hadn't done anything criminal before that, you did then. Is that what's going to happen? Uh, most likely not under the Biden-Harris administration. Because if there's one thing we can count on from Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads is that we're not going to see the Department of Justice pursue very much against Democrats. The only way, the only way we see something happen is if either A, it happens at the state level, because at least there it seems like there's enough Democrats that are upset by this that are willing to move forward. So maybe it happens at the state level. Or if there is such an outcry by enough people with a D at the end of their name that uh, the administration for Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads doesn't have much of a choice but to acquiesce. And, and right now, to the credit of some, it looks like there may very well be enough Democrats upset by the fact that they lied to them, too, that they may be willing to continue to push this pretty far. I mean, there's already been multiple calls for an ending of the emergency powers that were granted the governor uh, due to COVID response. There are some calls for Cuomo to resign. Personally, I think he should at this point. But New York is not a state in which I live in, so I don't have much of a say in that matter. I'm not going to go on the air here and call for his resignation. But you folks in New York have some housekeeping you need to take care of. I would highly recommend you take a look at this, put it in its proper context, and understand that Governor Andrew Cuomo was perfectly, perfectly content to let every last one of you die if he thought it would help against Donald Trump. He was more worried about who was going to be the party holding the White House. And as, here's, here's the sad part. Most of the Democrats in other states, they were perfectly willing to let you die too. 
How's that for some unity? Uh, unbelievable. Except that it's totally believable. Time to reset for the hour. You guys stay right where you're at, and we'll jump right in. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you wet. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and, uh, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Woo! Yeah, Rome County, we love it. Uh, okay, so uh, we're here. Uh, lots of crazy things going on. Uh, the time of the live broadcast, in case those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast was wondering, uh, was, of course, February 12th. It's Friday, and it is 2021. Uh, most of you, however, will be hearing this one or two days later. This is the second hour of the actual broadcast, and uh, uh, I'm having to do a pre-record uh, tonight instead of doing the usual live broadcasting because, again, my ability to connect to outside websites at the moment, well, at the time I started back in the first hour, 
was spotty at best. They're still doing a lot of maintenance in the area. Now, I've been having an up-and-down, straight-up battle with my internet service provider for the last month plus. I mean, it is literally over a month now, as of yesterday. And I'll get some service for a while, it works fine, and then it'll go out for two or three days. I've had now three different visits from technicians. The final uh, technician came out here and discovered something that was most appalling. See, uh, a lot of you guys, depending on where you're at, you may have your cable underground, or maybe you have your cable above ground. Uh, ours is run above ground. It's run along the same uh, pole lines that will carry electricity and phone lines and things like that. They run the little line up along the same level. And the line coming from the utility pole down to the side box before it comes inside the house, well, it was filled with water. Somewhere near the pole, there was a minor area for the insulation uh, had become exposed. And uh, from that point, uh, all the crazy weather, water had come down, and it had literally filled that up. And uh, the tech was telling me, yeah, this right here is probably what's causing all your intermittent ideas and probably ideas intermittent issues and uh probably causing a lot of other issues too so it has been better since then but he did remind us before he left that yeah they're still doing a lot of upgrading and a lot of uh, stuff in this area in particular right now because it's where they've been since the end of last year where they're making sure that all the 5g speeds are running as fast as they should and all that wonderful stuff so Going to continue to try to have as much live broadcast as we can, but uh, if I can't get connected, then we're going to just continue to do this and then upgrade. I just I hate it because it makes it difficult to bring on guests. But with all that said, it's time to jump back in. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast version uh, of the show, then you're getting to hear what is the second hour of this broadcast. <clears throat> And hopefully I'll be able to get it uploaded uh, in a reasonable time frame and, and sent to the radio stations to rebroadcast, uh, as that, too, uh, depends on me emailing MP3 files uh, to the producers and station managers and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll get this stuff out there before all this becomes too dated. But I was talking about, back in the first hour, the Andrew Cuomo story where it's become clear that they were involved in a criminal obstruction of justice scheme. Now, like I said uh, all along, I mean, Andrew Cuomo, and I'm going to take a, uh, a little liberty here. I'm going to quote Mr. Stu Bergier. Andrew Cuomo was awful. That's the nicest, most diplomatic way uh, you can put that. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Uh, Stu Bergier is absolutely right about that. He may possibly be the worst governor that the state of New York has ever had, and that's a pretty stiff competition. His ability to deal with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has been horrific. He made decisions that led to countless – and the reason it's countless is because we don't know all the numbers because they've hit all of them – but countless deaths that – didn't need to be. Now, would a lot of these same people still have died from the COVID-19 virus given their comorbidities? Possibly. But we don't know because how many of these people would have never been exposed if they had just stayed in their long-term health 
facility, and they had not had COVID-positive patients, even some of which who hadn't been residents previously, shoved in with them. All you have to do is take a simple, brief, cursory look at places like Florida and Texas and even Ohio, and you see quickly that if you take care of the most vulnerable, you can pretty much conduct business as usual with everyone else, and things not only will be fine, but they'll be far better than this ridiculous model of let's shut everything down except for one or two small industries that everyone's going to have to have, meaning that people are still going to be spreading. Let's throw a couple of masks on everybody, and let's pretend like all that's enough to make it happen. You protect the vulnerable, and then you get back to business as usual. And you stop playing politics with it. How's that for a great first step? My gosh. But the point here is we don't know how many people died simply because of this poor decision by the Cuomo administration of New York. Something tells me we're going to get some actual real numbers before all this investigation comes through. But again, you can make a legitimate case that it was criminal to do this to people in the first place. I am not going to argue with anybody that says Andrew Cuomo killed these people. Andrew Cuomo murdered these people. I'm not going to argue with anybody that wants to say that. I'm, I, they have righteous indignation, and they are free and clear to have that opinion because it certainly looks like the actions they took, the steps they made, the decisions that were made did lead to a lot of unnecessary deaths. But that's not the, uh, the assertion I'm going to make. I'm going to make the assertion that because of political aspiration and the desire to continue to trade on his father's name, much like Chris Cuomo over at CNN, that while he may not have intended to kill people, he certainly did not care if every last New York resident died in order to advance his political agenda. Because if he did, things would have been different. But you make whatever case you want to. If what Cuomo did previous, if what his administration did previous and forcing all these people back into long-term health care facilities wasn't in and of itself criminal, irrelevant. It became criminal the minute they decided to hide numbers out of fear of a potential federal investigation. That is criminal conspiracy. Everybody that was part of that needs to spend some time in jail. Period. That includes the lady who came forward to apologize to those New York Democrats, too, uh, Miss DeRosa. Sorry, but uh, you were in on it. You were aware. Why? Why wasn't this a bigger deal sooner? Well, easy. Orange man bad. The the legacy media knew this information. You were getting reports. I know I was bringing some of them to you. If you listen to this show, you heard me all the way back in May of last year. Keeping in mind, they didn't start tracking this stuff until March of last year. So between March, April, May, by May, you were being told at conservative outlets, if you cared to take the time to know, 
that the Cuomo administration had forced COVID patients into these long-term healthcare uh, facilities, aka nursing homes. They were doing it. They were sending patients there instead of utilizing the field hospital set up at Jabba's and instead of utilizing the naval medical ship that was parked in the bay. Why? Because those were provided by the federal government, and they didn't want Donald John Trump to look like he did anything helpful or useful. They wanted to continue to push the false narrative that he didn't have a response. Now, was the response enough? That would be a reasonable question. Was the response appropriate? That would be a reasonable question. But they wanted you to believe he had no response at all. Except, of course, to say that it's just all a scam, which is something he never said. He did say the way the media was reporting it was a scam, that that was fake news. But, you know, why should something like that matter? Don't let the facts get in the way of the the narrative. Need to spend some time in jail. They do. They, they engaged in criminal activity that led they, – they engaged in activity that was poor policy that led to countless deaths that were unnecessary. But then they engaged in a conspiracy to keep the, the factual numbers out of the hands of federal investigators. And they lied to other <laughs> – legal bodies within the state of New York in an effort to protect that information to keep it out of the hands of the federal investigators. That is criminal. Criminal. But it's all part of putting a political agenda ahead of what's best. Another good example of putting a political agenda ahead of what's best is what we've recently seen at Disney. Now, it's it's been a wild ride. I have not been on the air since news broke. But it's been a wild ride with what's transpired over at Disney as they decided to get rid of the infamous – infamous on Twitter and other leftist social media uh, outlets – the infamous Mandalorian actress, Miss Gina Cardona. Now, Gina, former MMA uh, fighter, broke into acting. She landed the role as Cara Dune on the television show, the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, which is best known uh, for what for over a season was affectionately called by the entire nation, Baby Yoda. Uh, we, of course, now know his name to be Grogu, thanks to Ahsoka Tano finally making her long-awaited appearance on the show. I, being a fan of the show, really, really hated it when I had to cancel, get rid of uh, the Disney Plus. Because I was loving it. I was loving that. I was looking forward to the WandaVision show that I keep hearing is so very good as well. Doesn't matter. I can't support these people anymore. And this is part of the reason why. They had been looking to get rid of her for a while because she made some pro-Trump statements that when you go back and look at these things on social media, most of them really weren't directed at being pro-Trump. 
Most of them were pro-liberty, pro-freedom. Most of them were also, a lot of the more troubling ones, were about wearing masks. She made the statement that a lot of these people were clearly wearing their masks over their eyes so they didn't have to see the truth about what was going on. Ooh, that's problematic, isn't it? How dare you? Well, she evidently pushed that final limit. She was let go of this past Wednesday because of a, quote, series of posts she had made on social media that critics of Gina's claimed were offensive. Now, the post that generated the most controversy was this screenshot of another person's post that she had then posted onto her own Instagram account. And the post compared the current political divisive culture in the U.S. to Nazi Germany. There was a mild comparison. The statement here says that Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Now, I think that's a legitimate question. She's not asserting that being a Republican today, and this is the way it's being framed by most legacy media, but she's not asserting that being a Republican today is just as bad as being a Jew uh, in Nazi-controlled Germany at the time. She's drawing the comparison of what led to that type of behavior, what led to that type of evil being permitted. And that was the fact that they used the tried and true method of creating the other. And we hear the left whine about it all the time. Oh, you keep making uh, this minority group the other. You keep making that minority group the other. And you're dehumanizing them. Only that's not really what happens with the folks that are conservative. When we talk about the other, we talk about very specific subgroups within any group, and we talk about what either makes them dangerous or what makes them acceptable. And more often than not, we talk about what the law is and why that law exists and if it makes sense for that law to exist, because not all laws should be law. Why aren't you okay with migrants just coming across our southern border? Because we don't know who they are, uncontrolled uh, migration, because it's not immigration. Immigration is a legal thing. Uncontrolled migration leads to uncontrolled populations. It leads to health risks. It leads to all kinds of situations that are not good for the general public. And right now it's also created a cottage industry in human trafficking, which would be kind of nice to do away with as well. I mean, if you truly cared about any of those children you keep talking about, 
need to protect the children, uh, then maybe you should make it where it's not profitable for coyotes to smuggle people across the border. Well, if you just have an open border, no, that's not the, the, the same thing. You make it so that it is so hard for them to do it, it's not cost effective. That smuggling is not going to go away. There's always going to be a plethora of people in El Salvador and in Guatemala who don't know what the legal status is here. They just know Donald Trump's not president anymore, so now it's easier to sneak across the border. And if you get caught, you're not going to get sent away anymore. But you still got to sneak across the border. Why? Because the border's there. It's real, and it needs to exist. For our security... I know I don't have to explain that to the majority of regular listeners here, but there's not a nation on Earth that doesn't monitor and protect its borders. That seems a reasonable thing to do. Now, some people are more aggressive about it than others. And there's nothing wrong. If you want to address the immigration laws in this country, if you want to go to Congress and actually make them do their job for a change and make some reasonable, well-thought-out, and, uh, you know, cost analysis considerations made with changes to the current standards, then that would be the route to go. But even then, there needs to be control over how many people are coming in. There needs to be methods in place to verify and to make sure that we have a certain amount of background check capabilities on the people that we let in. And there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all with being picky about it. Ah, so uh, you're a trained medical professional. Uh, welcome to America. Oh, you were completely unskilled at anything other than being a burden on the Guatemalan government previously, and you're going to come here and most likely be a burden on ours. Uh, we're going to pass right now. So, uh, no thank you. Well, that's heartless, Tim. How dare you be so heartless? Well, I'm being so heartless because it makes sense. Anyway, back to the point here. Gina. Can I call you Gina? Gina, I, I hope you don't mind. That's that her being her first name. She's been an outspoken supporter of former President Donald John Trump and has often complained about backlash against her conservative opinions. Uh, many critics took the post as her equating Republicans with Jews in Nazi Germany. Now this being quoted from the Washington Post... The post has since been deleted, but not before fans captured the moment and shared it widely. Critics called for the actress to be fired for her online rhetoric under the hashtag FireGinaCarano, which, of course, trended on Twitter Wednesday. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm. And there are no plans for her to be in the future. That quote from Lucasfilm happens to be the production company that's owned by Disney. Uh, 
They said in a statement, quote, Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Abhorrent and unacceptable. Those are the words you're supposed to walk away from that with. You're not supposed to stop and ask the question about her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities. Where's the denigration? In that post. First of all, it wasn't even her. She just shared it. But where's the denigration of the Jewish people? It sounds to me more like she's making the point that the Jewish people were treated unfairly. That the Jewish people were treated harshly. That they were the victims of evil. They were, they were the victims of the same type of evil that we're seeing once again raise its ugly head right here in the United States of America. Right here as part of the cancel culture. Right here as part of the leftist globalist agenda that's designed to destroy our republic and keep our people at each other's throats instead of keeping an eye on their nefarious plans to destroy us. There was no denigration. I have a few Jewish friends, spoke to them about this, and I have connections with a few folks that I wouldn't say that we're friends, but we are friendly, who also were Jewish, and asked them about it. Only one of them showed any kind of concern about it in regards to it shining a negative light on the Jewish people. And then when I asked them specifically uh, where that was coming from, uh, what that feeling was based on, he simply said that uh, for him personally, he just doesn't like any modern political efforts to equate anything going on here with the Holocaust, that it's overwrought, that it's designed to induce an emotional response, and that at this point in time, we're still a good way off from folks being rounded up and taken to concentration camps. So he just doesn't like it, period. And I can respect that. I understand that. But I don't think that makes that degrading to anybody. But that's the excuse that Lucas Films gave. Now, Variety highlighted a couple of other posts that supposedly offended some people. But I'm saying another photo of Corano's story featured a person with several cloth masks covering their entire face and head when the caption said, Meanwhile in California. Now, both posts were removed from her Instagram story Wednesday afternoon. Other posts included a quote saying, Expecting everyone you encounter to agree with your every belief or view you hold is effing wild. And then another one saying, Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, no. Oh, the horror. I got about, I don't know, still on Facebook, uh which is where I shared most of the uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself memes. I uh, Probably hundreds of different Epstein didn't kill himself memes. You know, you still occasionally see a new one pop up just because you think that you've almost forgotten and then bam, out of nowhere. And they're still good. Most of them are funny. Now, the Daily Mail highlighted other things that Gina did on social media that triggered leftists, including when she put... Beep, bop, boop 
in her bio on Twitter instead of listing her preferred pronouns. I'm sorry. Maybe those are her preferred pronouns. Maybe she wasn't making fun of you leftist, whiny, snowflake children who thinks that your perception of what you prefer to be called should matter more than what actually describes you biologically based on the language which has meaning. Maybe she wasn't making fun of you guys. Now, chances she probably was. But what gives you the right to determine that? What gives you the right to know what's going on in her heart and in her mind? How do you know that beep, bop, boop isn't her preferred pronouns? Because maybe, maybe she's a transhumanist. And as such, maybe she already has integrated certain things into her body. I mean, she's certainly built like she could have physical augmentation from artificial devices. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to have to throw down with Gina. I'm pretty sure she would uh, mop the floor with me in pretty short order. Maybe beep, bop, boop is part of her preferred pronouns as assigned by the AI that is part of her physical augmentation. Because you don't know. How dare you just assume. (laughs) I'm not supposed to assume your preferred pronouns, am I? I love it when I talk to leftists, knowing that not very many of them are listening. Quoting here uh, from back in September, uh, Gina said, They're mad because I won't put pronouns in my bio to show my support for trans lives. (laughs) After months of harassing me in every way, I decided to put three very controversial words in my bio. Beep, bop, boop. I'm not against trans lives at all. They need to find less abusive representation. So there you have it. Now, what I said previously was all hyperbole, of course, meant to show the hypocrisy of the left. But here, clearly, she was tired of being harassed, so she just put something there. And it wasn't good enough for Gina to say she's not against trans lives at all. It wasn't good enough for her to say essentially the same thing I've been saying for a long time here, and that is, guys, if you are one of these groups, you really need to be careful about who you let speak for you. A lot of them do not have the agenda they claim to have. A lot of them are using you as a means for them to grift or worse. The Daily Mail highlighted another tweet following the 2020 election that was considered by some to be controversial, saying, quote, We need to clean up the election process so we're not left feeling the way we do today. Put laws in place that protect us against voter fraud. Investigate every state. Film the counting. Flush out the fake votes. Require ID. Make voter fraud end in 2020. Fix the system. That's controversial. That is the issue. That's what she did wrong in the eyes of some. How dare you suggest that we should need 
to ensure our elections are legitimate. How dare you? Are you saying what we're doing now isn't enough? Yes, yes, she is, and so is the rest of everyone else. It's the same thing you were saying when Donald John Trump was elected president. Oh, we need to make changes. This isn't right. We we can't have this. There, there's something wrong. He's an illegitimate president. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is still making headlines, by the way, although I'm not sure why. Maybe if time allows, I'll get to that story. Hillary Clinton spent her entire past four years talking about how illegitimate Donald Trump was as president. She wasn't the only one, you big bunch of leftist weenie crybabies. Fix the system! Ooh, how controversial. Now, it's worth noting that many of the things that Gina said in that tweet have been things that conservatives have long championed. Things like requiring voter ID. In that tweet, she did not promote the claim that the election was stolen. Which is something that triggers everybody on the left. She didn't say it was stolen. And rather appeared to focus on how people didn't feel confident in the outcome of the election. Which is a true statement. There's still a lot of people that don't feel confident in the outcome. And with good reason, I might add. So Disney does this despite the fact, despite the fact that the other big star of this very same show on Disney Plus, Pedro Pascal, plays the actual Mandalorian himself. He shared a social media post showed a picture of actually not even American children, but it was a they didn't have it right. It was <laughs> it was actually Palestinian kids, if I'm not mistaken on that. These kids that were uh, somewhere gathering resources looked like they were being held in cages. And then it showed a picture of uh, Nazi Germany underneath and was trying to claim that this was the immigration policies of the Trump administration. I mean, we saw the kids in cages bit where they had really screwed up for the Twitter accounts that had stuff that happened under the Obama administration, but this was historically even more wrong as it wasn't even anything to do with the American southern border at all. Now, that seems denigrating. That seems... Like the effort to make the connection between the Jewish Holocaust and the Trump administration. And it seems like that's not a problem. So it seems like your statements, some bovine excrement there, Lucasfilms. Because you have someone employed there who did the exact same thing that you say that you're letting her go over. It's just, it was Okay, because it was directed at the orange man. Is that the case? And don't get me wrong. I'm not calling for the canceling of Pedro Pascal either. Like I said, I, I happen to think the show was great. And I happen to think uh, Pedro does a great job in a lot of the other things I've seen him in too. I've accepted the fact that when it comes to Hollywood, most of them are woke numbskulls. 
some of them are basically relatively intelligent people with the exception of their political IQ. I, I try not to hold that against folks when I see them in this stuff because if they do something that's good and it's entertaining and I find merit in it for entertainment value, I try not to let that be spoiled by these political sides. But it shows the hypocrisy, and it shows the reason why there was this effort, this trending effort to try to get more people, conservatives in particular, to cancel their subscriptions. Now, I'm not calling for a boycott of Disney Plus for anyone. I've done it myself. I choose to let my dollars vote. I don't believe enough people would do so anyway. I just don't. I don't like the idea of being part of the cancel culture. I do believe in the freedom of association. And I have the freedom to choose not to associate with this company if that's how they treat people. Period. And you're free to do the same. And you should make those decisions for yourself. And if enough people did, it might actually drive the point home. Now, it would take a heck of a lot to get Disney's attention at this point. They... They've got all the money. Please, sir, may I have some more? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Mickey. Uh, uh, No. (laughs) That was a terrible Mickey Mouse. Anyway. (laughs) It would take a hell of a lot to get their attention. It would. But that's going to be the only way this changes. A heck of a lot of people are going to have to stand up and get noticed. You're going to have to start speaking out against them. You're going to have to wait. But the case isn't should we cancel our subscription to Disney Plus. The case is, Disney, we have a right to exist. We have a right to have a political viewpoint that's different from the ones that you feel are okay to express. This is the United States of America, and by crackies, if we can't allow differing viewpoints to exist, then we don't exist anymore as a nation. But whether you want that to be the case or not, we do have a right to exist, and we should be demanding that Disney and Nike and any other company out there to acknowledge the fact that we have a right to have a different viewpoint. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we have a right to have a different viewpoint. And you need to acknowledge that. And if you position yourself as a big tech company to have become the public square, then the same rules of private business no longer exist. They don't apply to you anymore. If you become the place, if you become the water cooler, and that was your plan all along, then you accept that role, and you should accept the fact that the government's willing to give you protections from uh, from editorial decisions. Then stop being an editor. Stop being a publisher. Just be the platform and acknowledge that there is a right for that to exist too. I say a lot of things happen in this story because that doesn't sound like a lot, but here's the good news. Literally the next day, there was an announcement by the Daily Wire that Gina is now going to be working on a project where she is both producing and starring in 
uh, a new upcoming movie that is part of the Daily Wire's new entertainment division. And I am I'm looking forward to that. And that in and of itself is almost enough to make me consider signing up for a Daily Wire membership. You know, I I, I heavily rely on the Daily Wire's content uh, for for a lot of the information that I bring you. I, I'm not a member. I still rely heavily on their free content, and there's still a ton of free stuff available over there. But this is nearly enough to make me consider. Maybe it's time to do exactly that. Maybe it is time to sign up and become a member over the Daily Wire just to help promote stuff like that, to help prevent the canceling. And that's something we should all probably be considering right now. Uh, maybe you're not big onto the Daily Wire. Maybe you should become a uh, Patriot Call member over at the Daily Caller. Maybe you should sign up as a member over at The Blaze. Now, these are people that are committed to saving conservative viewpoints and to finding ways to make sure that content is available to you even when every other content service provider tries to bring it to an end. Now, that's not cheap. But we do need to start deciding what's most important to us. Maybe if you're listening to this rebroadcast on one of these great radio stations across the country that does so, you should consider a small investment to help them continue. Small contribution there. Maybe you should make a direct contribution to this show. If you like me enough, you can go to tap into the truth. That's T A P P into the truth.com. And there is a place where you can make a donation and you can send cash through PayPal or you can send, uh, through coin payment, uh, a cryptocurrency if you like. But throw some support. Help help preserve conservative thought and help push back against the council culture by helping these folks who have organization and infrastructure to help prevent cancelization of people who simply expressed some freaking common sense. How hard is that? But that's where we're at, boys and girls. We need that support. We need that help. I don't like coming on here and saying, hey, guys, um, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue next month. But that's always where I'm at, literally. So I don't want to to say, hey, guys, can you help me out? I I don't like that because, number one, it's counterintuitive to the audience that I'm speaking to because we're talking about self-reliance. You know, that's why I'm okay with having these affiliate programs with my Patriot Supply and uh, Hero Soap Company and several other organizations like Blue Coolers and uh, and these folks, Built Bar, you know, it, some great uh, products that I have affiliations and I, I really. Don't mind that route. And I ask you to to listen to the show on Spreaker and listen to the show on these other uh, platforms where you'll have to set through an ad because those people are then in turn sending some money that way. I don't mind that because that includes a partnership standard and and it's a very small amount of cash I'm getting there. I, I hate saying, guys, I could use some direct help. But we are always at that point, every single organization. So you sign up for a membership, you get some value there. Sign up at the Daily Wire. Sign up at the Blaze. Sign up uh, at the Daily Caller. Whatever it is that you feel most important to support and that you can. 
We're at that point, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Wass over at Wass Media. Go there. Uh, freaking Ann Ubellis over at Southern Sense Talk Radio. Go there. Don Smith at the Don Smith Show. I don't know if Chief has anything set up that you could uh, do a direct contribution to him or not, but at some point, if you want to keep his show going, you're probably going to have to, because I have a feeling the the stuff he takes advantage of is probably going to go away soon. I don't know if he he's even interested in that. I don't. But if he is, if you like it, maybe reach out, find out. <laughs> But there are voices out there that you listen to that you want to continue to hear. You're going to probably have to help support them in doing that. At some point, real soon, it may become the only way we can. And oh yeah, by the way, the current administration, Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads, is probably going to to label you as a domestic terrorist if you provide that kind of support. They're going to try to turn you into a criminal. Because they're going to say, everything I've told you today is criminal. They're going to say that. They want you to believe it. Because they want to bully you away from supporting conservative ideas and conservative viewpoints. They want to bully you away from listening to somebody like me. Or Ron Edwards. Rod Eccles. Josh Bernstein. They don't want you to hear those voices because they're afraid of what it means to their ability to control everyone else. Big Tech's got its agenda. So thank goodness that Gina didn't have to go long without having a job. And like I said, I, I'm a fan of Gina's work to this point as an actress. I, I think she has done an extremely good job. Or maybe I'm just really partial to the Cara Dune character and how she portrayed there. So we'll see what else she can do. I haven't seen a lot of range out of her, but she's been impressive in what I've seen so far. But I'm more concerned at this pattern we've seen because we keep seeing this pattern oh so you're not happy with the fact that uh we ratio you that we shadow ban you you're not happy with the fact that people push back against your conservative eye well then maybe you should just go get your own place and so then we're like okay fine we will we build parlor we start going to parlor in mass they built gab which is still around, but Gab had to learn some hard lessons. I wish the folks at Parlor had paid closer attention to what had happened to Gab. Gab got attacked in every way possible. They've had to find and fight their way through and get workarounds everywhere, including now they have to host their own servers. But they learned they couldn't count on Amazon Web Services. A lesson Parlor learned the hard way. I'm still rooting for the return of Parlor. I am. Parlor was really starting to grow, and it was a great place. I loved it. Meanwhile, places like MeWe and Spreely, Tipistry, Minds.com. I mentioned Tipistry because I got some stuff. I'll put some stuff over there, and you get little cryptocurrency tokens as tips and that's pretty cool and you can do the same thing over at minds.com by the way 
you're looking for alternatives to YouTube, BitChute and Rumble both are really good alternatives. Rumble's still up and coming. It's getting the same kind of attention that Parler did previous to its shutdown. are good places for people to go and, and at the end of the day it comes down to this who's doing the best job who speaks to you the loudest show them some support even if all you can do is send them a uh, an email thanking them for what they do then do that because it's good for us to be reminded that there are people out there that are not only just enjoying what we're saying but that support the fact that we continue to fight to say it Otherwise, it gets to be such a burden. It gets to be so hard sometimes, and not just the regulation, but uh, sometimes like this Internet issue that I've been fighting recently. It's enough to make me say, well, why should I bother to keep trying? Let's just take a break. I can take a break for a while. But right now, the craziest things are happening. I've blown way past the the halfway point here, and I knew I was going to do that uh, some while, but I do still need to try to get in some uh, Edwards Notebook, a Veterans Tip of the Day, and a Dan Waspet. So before I don't have time at all to fit that in at this hour, let's uh, let's go there. Recently, Joe Biden said. It is a non-starter to think that businesses can be open and moving and thriving without dealing with this pandemic. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, unfortunately, Joe Biden and his fellow comrades have no interest in a strong United States economy or supporting policies that work best for we the people as sovereign individuals or our nation overall. Completely shutting down small and medium-sized businesses in places like California, New York, and Michigan did not stop the spread of the Corona China virus one iota. In fact, shutdowns of small businesses while allowing massive businesses like Sam's Club and Costco's to stay open only made a bad situation much worse. The right thing to do would have been to allow businesses to stay open and for those people who are sick with the Corona China virus to simply stay home or go to hospital if they need to. That's the way it's always been when dealing with pandemics and flu seasons throughout U.S. and world history. Someone please tell Joe Biden that destroying the economy does not a scamdemic cure make. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Welcome, I'm Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Many veterans have been in the hospitals throughout the pandemic without the ability to see family or loved ones. As a result, depression is on the rise. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us and click on the donate button to contribute an MP3 system to a veteran. You can help fight depression. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. This has been your veterans tip of the day. We often find ourselves arguing statistics with anti-gun people, but let's put the conversation into perspective. I'll give you some stats, but also expose the anti-gun left's real motives for gun control. First of all, don't you think that anyone who really wants to save lives would focus their attention on an area where the most lives are lost? The 
gun grabbers like to use the number of 30 to 40,000 gun-related deaths per year. But if we take out suicides, which are 60% of those gun-related deaths, which, by the way, are not reduced by the absence of guns, and we take out law enforcement-related deaths, in other words, good guys killing bad guys, we're left with about 14,880 gun-related homicides. But here's where it gets interesting. The majority of those gun-related homicides are gang-related. So let's say we didn't have the gang problem we have in this country. The number of gun-related homicides shrinks to 2,976 per year in America. And here's another interesting fact that the anti-gun left doesn't want you to know. The majority of gang-related violence occurs in Democrat-run cities across this country that are highly gun-restricted, by the way, and often allow violent illegals safe harbor. What that means is good people living within those cities are denied their right to protect themselves against the human violence that Democrats encourage with their bad policies. Now let's compare that to some other things that the anti-gun left could be working on if they really wanted to save lives. Drunk driving takes almost 11,000 lives per year in America. 47,000 lives are lost per year in America due to suicide bipolar disorder and schizophrenia being two of the leading causes of suicide, not guns. But one of the biggest causes of preventable deaths in America is abortion. Almost 330,000 lives are taken per year in America by people committing abortion. Now let me give you a piece of information that the anti-self-defense crowd doesn't want you to know. How many lives do you think are saved every year because of guns? The answer is two and a half million. Every year in America, two and a half million lives are potentially saved by the use of firearms. Now this doesn't necessarily mean good guys killing bad guys. This most often means just the mere presence of a gun deters a bad guy. And 46% of those lives saved are women. This is a study that was done by Gary Kleck, a Florida criminologist, and backed by data from the CDC. So why do you think the gun grabbers never share this information? Well, some would argue that they don't really care about saving lives as much as they care about disarming their fellow citizens and preventing them from independently protecting themselves and their families. Gun control is a top-down method that puts government in charge of the lives and safety of people under the guise of public safety. It's the first step in stealing the freedom our founders fought for. The anti-left has already decided that they are willing to give up their freedom to government. The problem is, they can't have their government-controlled utopian society unless you get on board. And real Americans are clearly not getting on board. Gun control is a way of forcing you into dependence, whether you like it or not. Now, we're never going to cure the evil in the hearts of killers, but we can stop them. So, to the gun grabbers, do you really want to save lives? get to work on the real causes of human violence and help us restore our gun rights so good people can protect themselves. Help us save lives rather than ending them before they get a chance to take their first breath. I'm Dan Wass. To check out my webcast, go to LoadedMike.com. To check out my book series, go to GoodGunBadGuy.net.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Thank you so very much for uh, staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, we, of course, uh, continue to do all those wonderful things that uh, must be done if we're going to save the Republic. And that's bringing you forceful information, truthful information, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe just scaring a few leftists here and there along the way. Because uh, we all know they are very scared of a few basic things like true patriots and uh, the truth. Uh, if you skim past their lies, you delve past their false narratives, and you, you really get to the heart of the matter, you find out all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, like maybe the Lincoln Project might have just been a big old scam for a bunch of grifters. Uh, something that I would have talked about today if I was doing uh, a third hour, which sometimes I do when I'm pre-recording, but I've got too much stuff I've got to get to. So I'm going to have to kind of leave things right where it's at for today. But before I do that, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for being here. And as always, let me remind you, please, 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 whatever else you do, don't take my word for not one little bit of it. I want you to put some time, some energy, some effort, you know, build some actual equity <laughs> and get to know exactly what's happened. Do not take anybody's word for it. Don't take mine. Don't take the other guy's word for it. And, uh, you know, be prepared to, most importantly, Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, you guys out there, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart, even if it kind of goes against your nature. I'm out for now. Hopefully, we'll uh, get together soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Malamine, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands 
using both hands. 